Austin was not ready. <laughs> no. I was about ready to say hey. welcome back, and I realized he's not even not doing his headphones on. He's just kind of hanging out. It's fine. I'm good. I'm back. Moving the whole rearranging couch. my furniture in the house. Like <laughs> I gotta be comfortable. Just starting man. this whole thing. Well, welcome everybody to the Rooted in Logos <laughs> podcast. My name is Brad. I am joined as always by two of the. Uh, uh, you can't even say. Never I don't know. Work. It never I, works. Um, two of the sharp, most best dressed mm-hmm. people in the catalog. Welcome to Root and Logos podcast, guys. We're, anyway, we're here. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Joined by Carter and Austin. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. So, uh, a couple things just to kind of start out. Um, you didn't get a ton of support with your hot dog. I didn't. You didn't. <laughs> I, I don't think, think like I got one any. person did it, and it's the pickiest eater I've ever met in my life, uh, Danny. You know, he he supported you. No, he didn't. Oh, he didn't? No. Oh, I thought he did. No, he said he was against it, too. Oh. Sorry, Carter. Looks like you were uh, on an island on this one. So It's fine. It, it, the, I, only, the only person in the right. Everyone's in the wrong. There was a <laughs> there was a, a, an album back in the 90s, and I can't remember the artist. It was not a, a good artist, an artist that I would recommend anyone listening to, but they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they had an album called... Uh, Chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water. Don't look at it. I mean, like again, it's not a. Why would you even an, bring that up? I don't know. I just he hot dogs. <laughs> okay, cool. Just all week I was thinking of hot dog flavored water. I don't know. I've been really tired this week. That might be part of the problem. Maybe. Yeah. So, but we are here, episode twenty seven. It's a little bit of a continuation of last week's uh, episode on encouragement. We're going to discuss grief and and finding comfort in the grief. We're going to bring up some examples of grief in the Bible. Uh, how it's how it was handled then, how it, how we need to handle it now, and, and just give some encouragement again just of God's sovereignty and of God's love and grace and mercy that gets us through some of these things. We, we had a, a, a death in our church family this last week and just kind of <clears throat> really got us thinking about this because she was really close to, to our hearts and just... Oh, very influential. Very influential in the church. Definitely, it, it, my mindset is, you know, that Titus two woman... Uh, her her husband is an elder in our our church, very very prominent, very wise. But even her, you know that that leadership for the the younger woman, even my wife, and my my daughters adored her. So yeah, it, yeah, it was hard. Well, and, and I liked what our pastor said up there. He said that uh, you know even from the colors of the walls in the lobby, mm. that that's her influence. Yep. Like she she has a hand and had a hand in everything in our church. It seems like with with the looks of it and the decorations and just the color scheme. So she, she's definitely gonna be missed. And, and that's kind of what prompted this, this week and this week's topic. But uh, let's start with a little news thing. Like we, we did this, I kind of liked it just kind yeah. of a little brief couple minute discussion on uh, just whatever's going on in, in our world. And um, of course, I think the big news is uh, Joe Biden's just sweeping mandates that he is about to roll out. So uh, how do we feel about that guys? With use your I'm, Jesus words. Use your. I'm <laughs> glad to have left a company that would have required it because now I just work construction and that's, that's true. It's, I'm fine, yeah. so doesn't that's really true. affect me yet. I, I'm really curious to see because, like, <clears throat> as a company, nationwide company, and even up in Canada, we of course have over 100 employees. I mean, we have a ton of employees because yeah. we are are the group that owns my particular company owns like 20 other companies, and oh, so wow. they, it's considered one. Yeah, one thing. So. So you're probably under a hundred, uh, definitely under hundred. Yeah. No. So, um, if they were to go by just my branch alone, we have like eight, maybe nine employees, so we'd be fine. But I, I don't think they're going to do that. So they're going to try. They're going to force it. Uh, well, and sure. that's kind of where 
you know, I have some documents that I can fill out to submit to HR, you know, citing a religious exemption and that this violates my Christian ethics based on the use of aborted fetal cells in the vaccines and in the trials. Well, just besides the fact that your constitutional right. Uh, I mean, there's that too, but we have to (laughs) find, we got to find a way to keep it. Uh, Yeah. You know, but those don't matter anymore. uh, Really? They, they don't because if it's federal law, they don't, they don't care. Yeah. So, um, But here's here's the only reason why I wanted to bring this up, and it's um, probably something you've heard from from other outlets and, and outlets that are way more influential than we are. But um, it, it's time to stand up and, and fight this. It is. It, it's it, we have over the last year and a half, we've given up so many freedoms, and, and we have become so reliant on the government to tell us how we're allowed to live our lives and and how how much risk we're allowed to take and, and this, you know, yeah. And, and it's time to stop. <laughs> it is. This is not a slippery slope argument. This is rolling down the hill argument. This, this is not, well, it's it more le- like cliff diving. It, well, this isn't a, it could lead to this or it could progress to this. This is like, we're going to go ahead and just leap. Yeah. We're just going to jump. We're there. So that sounds maybe hyperbolic, but it, it's really not. I mean, when, when, when a government can force you, your company, private companies to make you put something in your body, put a foreign substance in your body. That's, that's not, not good. No, it's not. I mean, when has let me see your papers ever worked out well in history? Oh gosh. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. So it, it, it's time to take a stand. It's time to, to, well, and the thing is, it's like, all right, look, everyone who has wanted the vaccine, everyone, everyone who wanted it has it. They've already gotten it. Some like 50% of the, the population in the United States has it like right now. 53, 54, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So if you want it, you've got it. If you want to go out and get it, go get it. Quit trying to force the rest of us to go get it. And if it if it works so well and it's so effective, why in the world does it matter if I get it or not? Right. Because if you had it, you should be protected. I'm not, I'm not going to spread it to you. And even if I do, you're fine, most likely. Right. Well, Because it, it, it takes symptoms way down. Supposedly. Well, I, I, I don't know what to believe at this point. Right. Well, for one, when they don't tell you what's in it, they won't tell you what's in it. Huge red flag. Uh, two, when they tell you, oh, it'll, it'll help with herd immunity. The, the whole herd immunity thing. Well, okay. So you're saying that you take this vaccine. It's supposed to, it, one, it, it won't prevent COVID. That They tell you that. It won't prevent COVID. It reduces the symptoms. By a couple days, maybe a day, just like like Theraflu or something like that. Right. Um, Tamiflu, yeah. Um, also, it does not prevent from passing COVID to everybody. You can still transmit the disease or the virus to everybody. So what's the point of the vaccine? It ha- it really has no point at all. But if you want to get it, go ahead and get it. That's yeah. fine. But quit trying to force us and- to. I have no. I don't. I don't want people to get it. I don't think it's safe. Uh, well, you can still get it when you have the vaccine. My brother got it. Yeah, my brother well, got I'm, the I'm, vaccine months ago. But what I'm saying is, I don't COVID. think the vaccine itself is safe. That like, no, I, I'm no, very concerned about what the next couple of years brings uh, to those who have gotten it, and, yeah. and what changes it makes to your immune system and to your body and, right. and your DNA. So I, I'm concerned about that. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I'm just concerned. <laughs> concerned. Like I, I'm not yeah. speaking as an expert by any means or making any kind of like, oh, this is gonna. Ha- that's not what I'm doing. Right. Like, I just kind of worries me. Yeah. And, but if you want to do it, like I said, we have obviously 
we know a ton of people that have gotten it. Mm-hmm. Probably people in our families and, and friends and, and close acquaintances. But And that's okay. That's their choice. That's their choice. Yeah. And we can get into the whole, what happened to my body, my choice? You know, what happened to that? Right. Argument. I guess it doesn't apply here. I don't know. It, it all, uh, it, it all uh, comes back. Maybe I shouldn't have started this conversation. It, it all comes back to <laughs> God has numbered our days. If you get the vaccine or you don't get the vaccine, your number of days are the same. I mean, there are a few places in scripture where God will extend your days. Like, uh, honor your father and mother for you will live long in the land. God will extend your days if you honor your father and mother. God does not extend your days if you get a vaccine. God doesn't extend your days if you are super careful throughout your day. I mean, your number (coughs) is up when it's up. God has numbered it. So... Don't be afraid of it. Just live your life normally. This is like kind of related, but like I saw this post one time. It was like, if Jesus was alive right now on earth, he would get the vaccine. He would wear masks. He would be transgender. Like, where where are you getting all these things to just randomly make that statement? And like, what what is that helping? Right. It's like, no, where does those even it's come it's from? It's the deconstruction. It's, it's the trying to pick apart Christianity to fit. Your secular beliefs, right? Is all it is, and and anyway, so that's that's where we're. Take, Way to get us on a tangent, there, Brad. I know I, I'm good at that, but take take a stand, stand up for your rights, stand up as, as if you're an employer, stand up for your rights, fight, join lawsuits. I mean, like get in it and and yeah. um, take take our freedoms back because they're not going to give them back to us willingly. And I'm not saying let's start a revolution or anything, but maybe. No, not really. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, <laughs> we need uh, we need to we need to stand up. It's 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 time to take a stand. And and whether you have, I, I said this uh, on Facebook the other day. Whether you've taken the vaccine or not, I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like it's your choice. It's your prerogative. But if you think it's okay to force other people to do it, you're part of the problem. If your belief is I I'll, I'll take the vaccine, but I don't I'm not gonna I don't think you should force anyone else to do it. I respect that opinion, and and we can work together, and we can stand up together on yeah. this. So, the fact that I'm unvaccinated or the fact that you're vaccinated should not stand between us. It's the principle of freedom. Yeah, of like it is your choice to get that vaccine. It is my choice not to get it. Let's stand up and say we're going to fight for that choice. So, be praying. And find ways to take action and take a stand. Yeah, definitely. and if you are working at a company that's going to force you to do it, start looking into start looking into the religious exemption. Don't quit. Let them fire you. Yep. Because <clears throat> then you can get, I mean, potentially unemployment lawsuits. Like you can, you have some leverage there. Yeah. And don't let people fool you to saying, "Oh, well, if it's a federal law and they fire you, you will not get uh, what is that." Unemployment. unemployment. No, yeah. that's that's false. That is completely illegal. Yep. If they fire you, you will get unemployment. And if not, you can sue the company. Yeah, absolutely. So just know 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 your rights. And look into it, definitely. And look into it. So, look it up. Because I'm preparing. Mm-hmm. You know, for my company, I'm preparing to uh and I have talked to people about, hey, if I get fired, will you hire me? So There you go. Because I'm gonna let them fire me. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit. Yep. We'll see what happens. So Let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah. Smooth transition. Right. <laughs> so it oh, was well, until you mentioned it. I know. <laughs> no, real quick though, too. Um, Austin is 
very close to having baby number 37 in his in his oh sorry not quite four baby number four uh <laughs> we're working on it yeah right. getting close <laughs> i just want you to get like enough to field a baseball team that's kind of where i'm at i need a soccer team yeah i need 11 really okay this is america he has a soccer jersey on. I, I know jersey he does <laughs> i just came from my kid's soccer game um so within the next week or two we may have a different voice on here to kind of fill in so while austin kind of takes care of his wife and kind of gets acclimated to having to being a father of four Oh, yeah. So you kind of confused me there. I thought you meant his baby is going to be on the show. Maybe, like, maybe so. Because you were like, he's due for a baby soon, and we're going to have a new voice. I was like, okay, why is his baby? That's not what here? I meant. We will supplement <laughs> Austin's wisdom with someone probably less wise, but it'll be all right. We'll we'll deal with it. We'll work <laughs> on it. But uh, so if if in the next couple of weeks Austin is not here, that'll be why he will be celebrating the birth of child number six hundred and forty. So we what? are we are very excited. <laughs> These numbers are everywhere. <laughs> That's a lot of soccer teams. A lot of soccer teams, yeah. <laughs> so, he, in fa- soccer league. I'm going really, league. Yeah, starting his league. So. But uh, let's get into it. Let's get into our topic this week. Sleep. Austin, uh, get us rolling. Let's start with our, I guess, our examples of grief in, in scripture. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, let's look at the first one. I'm going to look at Second Samuel chapter 12, starting in verse 15. This is talking about when David had the affair with Bathsheba. And this is after the the prophet Nathan came to David and said, look, you messed up big time. Uh, you've sinned against God. And David David laments. He, he asks for forgiveness. But there is, there, there's consequence to what he did. So I, I, I'll read through it. We'll discuss it a little bit and we'll, we'll keep going. And the Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, bore to David, and he became sick. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. And the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him, The child is dead? He may do to himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He then went to his went to his own house, and when he asked, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. So, for one, this was a consequence of David's sin. And because of his sin, God allowed the son that he had with Bathsheba to die. So, there was this, this period of seven days that the child was sick. And this whole period, David mourned, and 
more of a, a pre-mourn, I guess he was he was fasting, he was lamenting, he was going to God and interceding on behalf of the child, asking God for the healing of this kid. And once the seven days were up, the child dies, and he basically picks himself off the floor, gets dressed, he eats, and everyone's like, well, what are you doing? Like, basically, this is backwards. Don't you mourn after the kid dies? Why Why weren't you? What? And he's like, there's nothing to do besides go before God on my face and plead that he would save this child. God decided not to. God decided to allow the baby to come home, basically. And there, there was no mourning after that because he knew where this baby was going. Da- David knew. He knew that God had a place for this child. And we can we can get into that a little bit later. But the, the, the difference between him mourning for this child versus when he was mourning for Absalom is completely different. Because I, I'm pretty sure there, I, there's nowhere I can really pinpoint in scripture that says this, but based on my own understanding, he knew where Absalom was going. And it, and it was not heaven. But he knew where this child was going, and he knew that he would see him again. So the the morning is a little bit different. We see uh, with David, we see this acceptance of of God's will that that is really hard. <laughs> yes. it, it really is, and I'm sure, you know, granted, we only have a little snapshot in Scripture as of, of this process, but I'm, I'm sure it was not. I'm sure it wasn't easy. I'm sure he wasn't just all of a sudden giddy and happy after his child died. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure there was a period of of still mourning, but also understanding and yes. and, and accepting. And yes. worshiping God and understanding, kind of like we talked about with Job last week or a couple weeks ago, you know, okay, this is your plan. Yeah. And and I accept it. I don't like it necessarily, but I accept it. And, of course, that's reading a little bit into the scripture here, but just knowing humans and knowing our emotions and knowing what we go through when, when someone close to us dies, you know, it wasn't an immediate pop-up and let's be excited and happy, but let's worship and yes. let's start the process of healing and moving forward. And if you keep reading the next couple of verses, they had another son, and they yeah. had Solomon. And the, out of <clears throat> out of David's sin, God mm. still blessed him. Or despite, despite, not because, not out, yeah. despite of yeah. David's sin, God blessed him, and he blessed him with Solomon out of that. And the crazy thing is that thought of, okay, if that child would have lived, Solomon probably wouldn't be there. But because God decided to let this child go home... God gave him Solomon, and Solomon became the wisest and richest king ever. So, very, very interesting. And I do want to make sure we point out, not every death is the result of someone's sin. Right. Right? It's not God punishing you. It's, it's I think, Austin, you said something early on in this in this podcast about, you know, God had a plan for that child and that child, that, that soul, and that was to bring him home. Yeah. And And there are times where we don't understand, but God is like, I wanted this individual with me, and so I created this individual for a short time. Yeah. So he or she can be with me. Yeah. And and so yes, in this circumstance with David, it was a result of the, of the sin of of the adultery and the murder. That's not always going to be the case. We're not always being punished for sin. We talked about, or, or Jesus talks about that in in the Gospels, where who sinned that made this man blind? Was it his father? Was it the right. father before him? And and Jesus said. I'll paraphrase. I mean, he's blind, so I can show my glory. So yeah. my glory can be revealed, so I can get the glory. Yeah. And my power can be shown. I mean, that's 
That's it. That's it. Yeah. So just keep that in mind when when things do happen that it's not always because of your sin that you have this quote unquote consequence. Right. So. Yeah. So hey, real quick, I want to read. So Psalms 51. <clears throat> this was the Psalm that David wrote when the prophet Nathan came to him and said, you messed up. And the, this is what David has to say. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take me not and take not your holy spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. It, it just continues. Um, do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem, and my mouth will declare your praise. He's he's going before God on his face and he's saying, God, forgive me. I, I messed up big time. And then he hears about the sickness of his of his child and so on and so forth. All right, next, uh, we're going to look at the death of Jacob. So Genesis chapter 50, verses 1 through 10. Uh, I'll just read this section. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel, Jacob. Forty days were required for it, for that is how many are required for embalming. And the Egyptians wept for him seventy days. And when the days of weeping for him were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, I am about to die. In my tomb that I hewed out for myself in the land of Canaan, there shall you bury me. Now therefore let me please go up and bury my father, then I will return. And Pharaoh answered, Go up and bury your father as he made you swear. So Joseph went to bury his father. With him he went all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt as well, as all the household of Joseph, his brothers and his father's household. Only their children, their flocks, and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen. It was a very great company. When they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, they lamented there with a very great and grievous lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. So Jacob dies. Jacob tells Joseph before he dies, he says, um, that Abraham, Abraham bought a field. And he basically, there's a tomb there. And Abraham, as well as Abraham's wife, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, Leah, Rachel are buried there. And so 
Jacob says, once I die, Joseph, I want you to take me back and bury me here. And so that's where Joseph goes. He goes to this field that Abraham bought from the Hittites, and he buries his father there. And once he buries his father, he mourns there for seven days. And then he comes back, and he he gets back to work. He gets back to what God has him to do in Egypt. And I I just thought that was so cool that, I mean, Jacob was number two, right? Or um, Joseph. Joseph was number two in Egypt. He was Pharaoh's right-hand man. And the love that the Egyptians had for Joseph, but also his dad. It said the Egyptians wept for 70 days for Jacob. I'm like, wow, that is that is so cool. The The prominence that, that Jacob had there was very cool. Well, it can serve as, as an example for us that we are, and, and I think we'll read this verse here in a little bit, but we are to mourn with those who mourn. And, and we are to empathize and, and, and grieve with those of those that are close to us who are grieving. And you look, we're recording this on the 20th anniversary of September 11th. I wanted and, to talk about that too. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Carter, you don't have any recollection of this cause you weren't born yet when this, when this event took place. Three years. Um, that blows my mind. It, it really is. It's, Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's crazy. So, but <clears throat> I I don't personally know anyone who who died in that in that attack. Um, I, I know of a couple people who did know people, but I, I'm very much not connected in that way. Right. But I think this is an example of of a moment where, yes. as a nation, you grieve and you mourn with those who are grieving and mourning yeah. in those moments. And and you know we're not. I don't know if we're going to get into all this at all, but you know, just today or, or actually this will come out after. But I hope you took time. To reflect on on what this day was and, and what this day still means, and those who sacrificed their lives because because of what happened uh, twenty years ago today, yeah, and and that we mourn with those who are mourning, mm-hmm. and, and we as a church, as the body of Christ, we come alongside these people and, and the people that are mourning f- during this time, and we support them with scripture, and we love on them like Christ loved us, and we show them that there's hope, and we show them that there's there's an ending of this world that works out in our favor if, if we are in Christ and, and that we can mourn in a way that there's, there's hope. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit about nine 11 and to do that, I'm, I want to talk about the death of Moses first, and then we'll get yeah. into that just a little bit. So Deuteronomy chapter 34 verses five through eight, it says, <laughs> So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Bethpur. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eyes undimmed and his vigor unabat. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. When the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. So 30 days they wept and mourned for Moses. So I I was looking at Moses because this is basically your prominent figure in the land. Okay. This this was their leader. But there were there were millions or hundreds of thousands of Israelites. And I'm sure not every single one of them got to talk to Moses. They might have seen him, but there might have been some that didn't didn't get to even go near him. So, like, looking at a president, looking at a governor, looking at someone who is in that leadership role, when they die, what do you do? And looking at 9-11, again, we, we didn't know anybody in the towers. 
but like, I remember I was six years old. We were we were at a cottage school, and it just things went crazy, and we're like, "What is going on?" It was told to us what was going on, and just the understanding that a six year old six year old has. Right. It's like what terrorist attack? What? And until getting older, being able to see the footage, it's like, "Oh my goodness!" And this this is the morning we have. This is time of remembrance looking at the loss of life even looking at pearl harbor december 7th 1941 yep. it is the exact same thing i don't know anybody that was there <laughs> i don't know anybody that survived yeah i i've read stories i've seen and watched firsthand accounts same with 9-11 um the firefighters the first responders that went there and they never came back uh the children of those first responders that are now taking their place um, a lot of the, the firefighters that died, there's a lot of men and women that have taken their father's place, mother and father's place. And it, it's so cool. It's a testament to their, their sacrifice. And we, we, again, yeah, we mourn with those who are mourning. We weep with those who weep. We, we thank them for that, but we, we don't forget. We don't. Yeah. And it, it is, it is, it is so important to reflect on these times and to reflect on, loss of life and and take it to a personal level you know when you lose a family member or a loved one to you know anniversaries and special days to to remember though to remember them and to talk about them and to to re- think about fun memories and 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 things that you know we miss about them and it's it's very appropriate it it, it helps to keep their memory alive it helps to to comfort and to again show the hope that we have and that for those of us who are in Christ, when we lose somebody who's also in Christ, we will see them again. Yeah. So just be thinking about that today or, or this week of, of those who, who need comfort and need. I mean, we, of course, have people in our church body right now that need it and need the prayer and need the comfort of the Holy Spirit and, and of those around them. So, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll get more into that as, as well, I'm sure. But Yeah. So uh, the last one I have is the death of Lazarus. Um, again, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'm not going to read, uh, this is John chapter 11. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to go through and pick out a few, a few spots. Uh, so we'll start John chapter 11, verse 11 through 15 says, after saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And then verse 23 through 27, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And then 33 through 36. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. 
So the Jews said, see how he loved him. This goes into, uh, so Romans chapter 12, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. When Jesus shows up, this whole time, this whole time he knew that he was going to bring back Lazarus from the dead, but he shows up and he was sad. His flesh, his body, him as a man, he was sad for the loss of his friend. He saw how much his sister loved him. And he saw that even these mourners that showed up, the Jews that showed up to professionally mourn for Lazarus, he was deeply moved. His spirit, it said his spirit was troubled and he's, he wept. He was crying and not just crying, weeping, weeping, abundant tears. And it's okay. It is okay. It is okay. It is okay to mourn like this. It is okay to be deeply saddened for the, it, I don't like the word lost. I don't like saying we lost them because knowing what we believe, we haven't. We know where they've gone. Now, As long as they're in Christ. As long as they're in Christ, right. yes. Yeah. If we know where they have gone, we know that we will see them again. We haven't lost them. They have gone to a, to a far, far better place. Yeah. They're actually okay. They are far they, better they than are, we are. They are great. Um, we... we I talked about this a little bit with with some guys um, about the recent, you know, the death with our in our church family, and it's like she's she's healed. She is she feels great, oh, <laughs> right? All no more pain and and no more sickness and no more illness and, and no more struggle. And you know, if if she could, and and I don't, you know, I'm not a fan of the whole she's looking down on us and smiling, or if she, but if if she was able to communicate with us. She would say, guys, I'm fine. This is amazing. I cannot wait for you to get here. And, and that's what we have to try to keep in mind. It's it's tough because on this side of heaven, we we do. We admit Her absence is going to be felt and noticed yeah. and, and there's going to be a little void. And But we have to try to keep it. As you said and done, keep in mind, guys, she's okay. Yeah. She is, she is more than okay. She's in the presence of the Most High God yeah. singing, holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Doesn't make it necessarily make it a lot easier for us here. That those of us who are left back with more work to do, yeah, because that's why we're still here. But yeah, she's she's good. Yeah. But you look at that, and Jesus did. He wept. He he grieved with with his with his friends and, yeah. and with Mary and Martha and, and those that were grieving Lazarus's death. He he grieved with them. Yeah. And that's I mean that's what we're called to do is to. Not necessarily give up all these platitudes and just, oh, she's looking down on you smiling mm-hmm. or, oh, they're, you know. She's busy. She's she's busy. She's busy. But sometimes, and, and, and I think maybe we can kind of transition into this a little bit, is is how do we as Christians comfort those who are grieving? And, and right. what is the way? Because honestly, who who really knows what to say in these situations? Right. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. It's, you know, and, and it's like... And everything is so cliche. Mm-hmm. There's so many cliches is, well, you know, if you need anything, you can call me and, and I'll, you know, I'm, I'm always there for you. Just let me know if you need anything. I'll tell you what, I, sometimes the best thing to do is just put your arm around them and cry with them. Yeah. Tell them you love them. You're there. And that that's it. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, I, Jesus didn't spend 20 minutes saying, oh, she, he's in a better place. He's. He's this, that, and the other. I'm, I'm here. For, just call me. Just text me if you need anything. 
yes, those are good sentiments. Those are good things yeah. to say. But sometimes all the person needs is just someone to cry with them. Yeah. Well, so look at Job. When when Job was just, he melted. He's in sackcloth. He's in ash. He's sitting there. He had three friends come and they just sat there with him. Now, they ended up berating him, telling him he was wrong. <laughs> I, don't, don't take that. Don't do that. But they, they came and they just sat there. They sat there for, I think it was a week. It was like seven days. They just sat there with him. That Sometimes that's what they need, to just sit there and be with him. And maybe pray that the Lord gives you words of comfort, because that's scriptural too. Those who mourn will be comforted. Right. And, and the words of comfort, in my opinion, should come straight from scripture. They're from they're from God. They're not from us. They're not yeah. us trying to say something. Mm-hmm. Just from God. From there's scripture, nothing from yeah. yeah which we're gonna we're gonna say. get into the, some of those verses here in a few seconds about that are just verses that we use to to comfort. Them. Again, it's a kind of a spinoff of last week. Just verses to encourage those who are mourning, encourage yeah. those who are who are dealing with loss, yeah, and grief. Which there's a lot of. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. So so we're going to start kind of what we did last week. And we're just going to, without a lot of commentary, although I blew there that probably last happen. week. There'll be some. There'll but be some. without a lot Less. of commentary, <laughs> we're just going to read some scripture. And, and like Austin said last week, just let it soak in. Write down these passages and go back to them and study and, and meditate on these. And, and especially if you're dealing with loss and dealing with grief. And dealing in your time of mourning, just work through these passages with us as, as we go through them. Let's get rolling. All right, Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Psalm 18, verses 1 through 6. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50-58 I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. 
For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. All right, Psalm 37. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land, and delight themselves in an abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous, and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows, to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose way is upright. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine they have abundance. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. When he delights in his way, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good, so you shall dwell forever. So shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice, he will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart, his steps do not slip. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. The Lord will not abandon him to his power, or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless, and behold the upright, for there is future for the man of peace. But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Do you have any more? Yeah, I got one more. I have. I mean, I got a few more, honestly. But Go ahead. Could, yeah. Go ahead. So I, I'm going to kind of jump around in Psalm 34, just a few verses. So I'm going to start with verses 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall, be, shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name forever. Verses 8 through 10. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer in want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Verses 17 and 18, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So th- this verse that I'm going to, this passage was quoted in 1 Thessalonians that, that you just read, Austin, and it's Isaiah 25. and. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the whole chapter. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. For you have made the city a heap and fortified, the fortified city a ruin. The foreigner's palace is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a stronghold to the poor, a stronghold to the needy, in his distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm against a wall, like heat in a dry place. You subdue the noise of foreigners as heat by the shade of a cloud, so the song of the ruthless is put down. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on his mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be on, said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain, and Moab shall be trampled down in, this, in his place as straw is trampled down in a dunghill. And he will spread out his hands in the midst of it as a swimmer spreads his hands out to swim. But the Lord will lay low his pompous pride together with the skill of his hands. And the high fortifications of his walls he will bring down, lay low, and cast to the ground to the dust. Mm. So just more encouragement and more hope that God has defeated death. Christ mm-hmm. has defeated death. And, and the only hope that we have and the only way we can rejoice in the midst of the morning is through Christ. 
is through his death, his burial, his resurrection, his forgiveness of our sin that, that we can't earn and his mercy that we don't deserve. It's the only way we can hope and have hope and have joy in the midst of the morning. It's yeah. going to be tough. It's sad. It, it's, it's heart wrenching. <clears throat> you know, as, as, um, her, her husband said, you know, it feels like my heart and my soul are being ripped from my chest. Mm. I mean, it is, it is devastating. Death is devastating. But for the Christian and for the believer, death is temporary. And we got to try to keep that in mind. As hard as it is, as difficult as it is, and, and I think that is our job as, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, is to go beside those who are mourning, those who are grieving, mourn and grieve with them, but also encourage and say, look, this death is temporary. Mm-hmm. This pain is temporary. Aust- or, uh, Carter read it. In Revelation, Austin read it in First Thessalonians. I read it in Isaiah. Death is swallowed up in victory. Mm-hmm. Tears are wiped away. And really, from here, it's okay. <clears throat> once the death, once the mourning, what do you do after that? And this, this is important. This is very important. So, uh, just I guess talk a little bit. So, First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four. This is Paul. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Remember that we are in a race, not not to whoever gets there first, um, but we are running a race for the prize and the prize being eternal life. Again, those who believe in Christ, those who die, we have hope. We are not like those who have no hope. And we know where they are going. We know that we will see them again. They have run their race. God has allowed them to cross their finish line. And we need to continue to run our race. There is the time to mourn, and we we have to. You have to take that time to mourn. But you cannot be stuck there. And again, I, I went through some places in Scripture where it talks about time. 30 days, 7 days, 70 days. Uh, a lot of times in Scripture, whenever... A husband died, the the widow would mourn for a year. And then after the year, they they could be married again. I don't know. I really don't know what a correct time period to mourn for a loss of a child, to mourn for the loss of a spouse, for the loss of a parent, grandparent. I believe, based on scripture, that we have to go based on Christ. We have to, again, with prayer, with washing our minds with scripture, take that time to weep weep with those who weep. But remember, you are here to continue to work for Christ. You are here for a job, and that is to bring glory to God. And this is the warning of you need to be aware that you are not stuck mourning for years. Now, mourning versus missing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that is completely different. Yeah. I mean, we we've lost we have lost friends, we've lost grandparents, we've lost people close to us, and we miss them. We will always miss them. That void is always there. Right. That they leave. And it, it is okay to miss them. That's fine. That, that, is our, that is our flesh. That is okay. But you cannot be stuck where it is inhibiting your work for Christ. And, that, and again, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. That is between you and God, and that needs to be something that we go before Christ on our face saying, Lord, I have this void. Please fill it. I mean, it looks like even David, his his recovery time was almost immediate. Yeah. I mean, of course, granted, he missed his son that, that died. He, yeah. he He felt that void that was there. But as far as moving forward and, and 
carrying on his work for for God that that happened pretty quick and, and seemingly immediate based on the passage that we read. But then you look at the Egyptians mourning for seventy days, and you look at like you said some examples of thirty days of, of a year. Yeah, and so you're right. There, there's no cookie cutter definitive. This is how long you have to mourn. Answer right. Like you said, it's between you and God, and and I just I encourage anyone who who is dealing with this or has dealt with this, or as you prepare, you will end up inevitably dealing with with loss at some point. Don't isolate. Surround yourself with fellow believers and and those who love you and and want you to be comforted with Scripture and comforted with God's word. Surround yourself with those people and ask God heal my broken heart and and give me the help me live in the hope that I have. Because that is ultimately, as believers, our advantage in this, is we have the hope. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too. So, uh, the Jewish holiday Yom Kippur is coming up, which in, in the Old Testament, that is the one day out of the year that the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, and he sacrificed for all of Israel's sin. And as Christians knowing that Christ is the ultimate priest and he did that once for all. Just kind of interesting being in this time, 9-11 being now, and just this time of mourning, this time of remembrance. There's a Jewish blessing or prayer that is called the the morning Kaddish, and it's normally said towards the end of Yom Kippur. I won't won't say the Hebrew, because this one's kind of long, so I'll just... (laughs) I'll just go through the blessing, and I love it because it's, it's about God. And it, it all comes back to thanking God for this time that we have here on His earth, thanking God for the relationships which He has placed in our lives at the times that He has, and just just thanking Him for that. So, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll repeat it. Exalted and hallowed be God's great name and the world which God created according to plan. May God's majesty be revealed in the days of our lifetime in the life of all Israel, speedily, immediately, to which we say, Amen. Blessed be God's great name to all eternity. Blessed, praised, honored, exalted, extolled, glorified, adored, and lauded, be the name of the Holy Blessed One. Beyond all earthly words and songs of blessing, praise, and comfort, to which we say, Amen. May there be abundant peace from heaven and life for us, and all Israel to which we say, Amen. May the one who creates harmony on high bring peace to us and all Israel to which we say, Amen. And you can replace Israel with America, or just us. So, take heart. Take heart. We will leave it at that, guys. Uh, I encourage you all to, again, go through the passages that we went through, meditate on those, find find those that encourage you as well in, in times of loss and times of grief. Share, share them with, with us. us. Yeah. We only had one, I think, share with us uh, during during last week's episode, so uh, y'all aren't following instructions very well, but it's okay. Wow. It's right. We still love you. <laughs> We're still praying for your salvation. Totally kidding. Wow. Sorry. I, look, I, look, we... Right before we talked, we uh, we were sort of recording. I said, I'm just really uncomfortable with heavy, heavy emotional. I know. So I have to interject some yeah. terrible humor in there. So here <laughs> we are. Terrible. Yeah. Put really emphasis bad. on terrible. Yeah, right. So anyway, but it, share them with us. Share, share your passages that you use in these times, in these difficult mm-hmm. times. If you are 
dealing with a loss, let us know so we can pray for you. Let us yes. know how we can how we can pray for you um, throughout the week, and um, of course, pray for our church family and for her husband. That that you know, this next few months are going to be tough. I mean, forty nine years is a long time to mm. to be married to somebody and and to be around somebody. So. Be praying for for him and his and and their children and grandchildren and our church family as we heal from this and we seek to have God comfort us and and, and fill the void that is left with, with her with her uh, leaving this planet. So yeah, but uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, check us out on social media. Like us. Give us a five star review on Apple. And uh, as always, stay, stay rooted. rooted. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogos. Logos.